What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson. And today's episode, we got a special guest in the building. He is a longtime friend of mine that we both met in the same promotion company. He's been working here in the music industry, more in the promoting game side, a whole lot more longer than I have. He's a South Florida local house DJ, well known around the community. He's also a Twitch gamer, and he's a promoter through Treehouse and other events. He is the one and only Phil, a.k.a. DJ Face, and a.k.a. Angry Troll 305. That's right, for all you gamers and Twitch gamers, Angry Troll 305 is here in the building. Now, this episode is basically another part series episode because we it was so so long that it had to be divided into three parts or so because we just basically talk about a lot of stuff you know basically catching up and how he got started what got in into music what got him into dj and promotion what inspired him to be part of the music industry and basically we just went down a rabbit hole about so many uh, topics that we had to cover that each episode will be specific to a topic between interviewing him and what he does in the industry, all the stuff that's happening in, in the Twitter feuds and the ups and downs of this industry, the ugly truth about it, some revelations, some good stories, the cancel culture and vulture cultures, marketing, some geek talk, our accomplishments and what we hope to achieve. This is actually a good part series episodes because like I said, each episode will be on a specific topic. And it will dedicate on just that. That's how good it really was, our conversation. And I'm super happy to be sharing to it to all my followers. Be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and of course, the YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com, where you can check all my latest episodes. Now, you guys need to help me to reach uh, at least 100 followers. Just 100 followers, you know, just to get 100 followers. So that way, YouTube can finally give me my own personal username. So instead of giving you guys the whole wet limb, I can just say to you guys, follow me at YouTube.com slash the lone wolf bot, you know, much more easier than just giving you the website, you know, but, but help me guys, you know, you can also follow me at any of my social media at Wolves and Music for any recent updates, clips, and as well at the Twitch channel that I currently have at Wolves and Music, where you can also check some of my live streams, such as sessions, voice chats, and as well episodes that will be aired before the initial release date. So it's all for free, guys, and you guys have the opportunity to check them out before I officially release them. Now, without further ado, let's get started. This is the Lone Wolf Podcast. Boom! Perfect. All right, sounds good, man. So, are you ready for this to kick on? Yeah, it's a free for all. I got a bunch of topics, man. So, there's no, there's no time limit to this, man. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm telling you this. There's no time limit, so we can be here for an hour. We could be here for an hours. That's We're, fine. So, um, welcome to the podcast show, first and foremost, um, Phil. I'm super happy for you to come here. Is, is it okay? I call you by your name or by your stage name? No, it's fine. You call me by Phil. All That's right. good. Um, man, welcome to the show, man. I'm super happy for you to be here. So um, just to clarify, um, what you see me in Zoom is not what's gonna be shown in um 
in the in the final editing because I got like uh -huh. three different cameras that I'm right now switching. So now uh -huh. you can see me from here, from here, and then I got the computer's camera. So this is pretty much it. But it, it's not the best. But I don't know what's going on with um with OBS in which it doesn't let me use my camera that's right now projecting and and have it at the same time running through Zoom. I don't know why. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> but you know, it's gonna look good on the final product. You know. That's what right. that's that's what's important. So, um, first and foremost, man, thank you, man, thank you very much for coming in here and welcome to the show. Is there anything that you want to say out there? You know, give a little shout out or something? No, I mean, I'm just happy to be here. Oh, uh, thank you for thinking about me when you you hit me up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, long time, man, that we haven't talked and all that. So, <laughs> I know great. it's it's been quite some time actually. Like, uh, oof. I'm pretty sure like the last time I saw you um was with uh with Pedro. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that Pedro was just basically doing the the Funko stuff. And ever since then, you guys hooked me up with the Funko stuff. Now I got a moral uh fixation with the Funkos. <laughs> but not but yeah. not but not the not any Funkos. It has to be the Funkos that I pursue, like at the shows that I like. That you know, if I see a Funko of that show, then I'll probably get it, you know. But yep. But yeah, that's like the last time we saw each other. And after that, we haven't, you know, managed to catch up or say anything. Otherwise, um, uh, be before we begin, um, tell me a little bit more about yourself for all my listeners and viewers, you know? Um, well, my name is Phil. Um, I right now, obviously, with the pandemic going on, I used to be a promoter at Treehouse. Now, obviously, it's open. So I'm promoting there. Um, started getting into gaming. So I'm now a Twitch affiliate. Um, known as Angry Troll 305. I play a lot of horror games, Dead by Deadlight, and then chat gives me a bunch of stuff to play as well online, which freaks me out. So it's pretty much about me. I collect Funkos, like Pedro was saying. Um, over 300 um, Funkos I have at my house. Yeesh. Yeah, so it's a big yeah. collection. <laughs> well, the only collection I can give you was basically, um, well, the only competition I can give you is the Gundams. Like I there have a shitload of Gundams. Like you can see it right here in the background. Like it's that thing is designed for books. It's a bookshelf, and each shelf has like at least fifty Gundams from different oh, series. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot, but there's they're not that big. They're not as big yeah. as the Funkos or or fat, in which like it makes you very hard for you to win. They can just smash in together, be like, yeah, we're together, we're friends, we're family. You know, unite us all <laughs> together, is crap. That's great. Um, tell me, so you said that you're a promoter for Treehouse and you've always been a promoter ever since I met you. So before we got in, get into that, um, what actually got you into music in general? You know, what got you into that whole field? Because I know that you're a DJ. I want to know mm -hmm. a little bit more about you and particularly how you get all that shit started. Oh, I was in high school. Um, I was 17. Um, I started with um, Elements of Night and One Night Stand, ONS, and B2R. Um, started promoting, which is a lot different than it is now. So we had to actually go to schools, throw flyers, yeah. go to people, hand them out. Um, on that little tickets. Um, I started doing that. I started playing at space um, with the all age events that we had back in the day. Yeah. Um, phone parties at um, Madhouse and Keep It Skiing. Um, was a huge passion of mine. Ended up moving to Cape Coral, started DJing up there. And then when I came back down here, I started at Blue Martini and then got the opportunity to work with committee. Um, which then I started working in Treehouse. I was going to start DJing again. I was going to start doing my own shows at Treehouse. 
and then the pandemic hit and then that just went <laughs> oh jeez so I, were, I was about to transition from promoting into actually doing my own shows at treehouse with artists and things like that and then you know everything hit in march jesus so, so you were actually gonna start doing your own thing your own show and everything like uh what's his name like lucha does on his shows yeah. like he had his own D he djs on his show but he has his you know his people to oh. also dj and uh, damn that sucks that that was actually about to happen is this gonna still happen it is i mean obviously we're working now you know little by little with the whole entire curfew thing going on mm -hmm. so hopefully once everything goes back to normal I can start getting some shows on there. I could uh, I could say that we're trying to work on doing like a disco house. Um, so I was trying to work on getting George Alvarado um, from the Late Night Laboratory um, yeah. to actually play on one of the nights. He was excited about it. And then obviously everything hit. So Damn, that really sucks, man. And I feel yeah. I feel for you, man, because you, you out of all, a lot of people that I know, like you work the hardest out of all these promoters, man. And you know, you're very genuine. And that's one of the things that attracted me to be with you and with your crew and whatnot. You know, I want to talk a little bit uh, because we're about to get into the promoter thing, but I want to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how we met. So do you remember when we met the first time ever? It was in a meeting, wasn't it? With, was it at a meeting? So, no, wait. so the way I remember Okay. Because uh, I'm pretty sure you guys were in that meeting, um, the committee meeting before yeah. it went to Apex. Um, you know, the big owners of Life and Color showed yeah. up and, hey, join us, the family, blah, 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 crap. And that's when, you know, everybody who wanted to be into DJing or, or promoters or whatnot went to Lucho because he's the head, main head guy. Shout out to him. Um, and then, you know, he just, Basically, I asked him, like, you know, what I got to do because I'm a DJ. I'm from Puerto Rico. I don't know anybody, but I, if I got to mm -hmm. work, I'll work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, promote, street promo, blah, blah, blah. All the shebang. And then as soon as um he told me, he's like, oh, there's going to be a, a Diplo block party. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> we all remember that one. <laughs> um, So I, I said, like, all right, let's go meet up with Manny. All right, got it. Bet. I'll meet up with Manny. And then after I meet up with Manny, I meet up uh, with you and Bitson and then the whole crew, you know, and then everybody's like, wow, I'm super happy to be here, you know, and and that to me, that was my first sign, especially the first time in which um, a fight broke out. Yep. That was <laughs> hilarious. And you and all this time I was like, wow. So, OK, so this is how. Miami does it. All right, cool, bet. Um, and you're in the and you're in the other side. I was like, well, this is what you get, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is Miami. It's still like that as well. <laughs> I, bro, I was like, damn, this guy is savage. I like him. I want to be with him. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, ever since that day, like we've been going on for everything, and you guys were the only people I will ever go. For for anything, whether it's promotion on the nights or whether it, whether it's going to the these uh, parties, that that's mm -hmm. the only time I ever go. It's with you guys because you guys were like my first friends here in in Florida. Well, yeah, I, re I remember that. I remember the mad the, the black party. Those that that black party always has a <laughs> good time. <laughs> uh, it's always like rowdy and shit and everything, man. Um, yeah. So from there. We, you know, we started doing a lot of stuff together, man. And we started doing going out together and, and, and whatnot. 
And, you know, it got to the point in which, you know, your wife started to represent me as uh, as her client and representing you as well. You know, and then later on, we had our own show together. We we performed. It was great. You know, um, a lot of things happened from there in between. Not going to go into depth into it. But I felt like, you know, after that, like it, it was unfortunate that we kind of fall off from it a little bit. But I was happy then later on that, you know, I always got, you know, the support from you guys, even even whatever happens afterwards, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, no matter even if I follow with anybody out there, I always give support to everyone I know. Um, people from other places, you know, Audigy who just moved and everything like that, yeah. I still give them support. Yeah. Andres, you know, those people, I still give them all support because, I mean, it's a unity. You have to be united, you know, in all this, um, obviously. You know, I still support a lot of promoters out there and a lot of companies out there as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all unity. You know, we're all here to work together to for a common thing, you know, and that's to be, you know, doing shows and getting people excited about it. So, yeah. And I, that one of the things I, you know, that you and me are alike is because you have that mentality of unity, you know, like we're all in this together, you know, like you're, you can't do this by your own. That's yeah. one thing I, I learned by myself uh, in this in all these transitions as I was learning because I never been inside this um promoting game in the industry. Everything was so all sorts of new and you know things get mistaken and things go left and right and you don't even know who to go, who to trust. And sometimes some people do backstab you and you're like, shit, bro, like I don't know where to go now. And it's very mm -hmm. unfortunate, you know, because you and me have experienced some of that stuff, you know. I just, you know, it, it, but it, it is what it is, you know, yeah. like some, it's a double edged sword that, you know, you go into, you more or less, you know, where you're getting into. You just have to be, you know, with the people that you trust with and, you know, go along with. Um, You said it yourself that how it all started with a uh, with your promotion, right? Yeah. At the very beginning. What what actually prompted you to become a DJ in all this? I mean, I, I was always passionate about music when i was in high school mm -hmm. um my cousin was a dj he actually played for power 96 for a while um he showed me how to dj with vinyl so i was playing a lot of old school music madonna on um, depeche mode um who else uh planet soul all those type of songs mm -hmm. back in the day um so i got passion to that um my friends started getting into a lot of trance music so we started playing a lot of epic trance hard trance which you know was really old school old school back in the day so we started playing that um that's the passion that we had, you know, it was just seeing the crowd, the music they were playing, people were, you know, enjoying it. Back then it was all ages, you know, obviously now it's 18 and up, 21 and up, but all, back then it was all ages. Um, we just had fun. We did a lot of house parties as well. Um, Formed a little group, you know, back then. And then, you know, we just continue it now. So That's good to hear, man. I mean, it's very interesting because a lot. A lot of people started with the whole school trance because my one of my first music in EDM was actually um, Tiesto, Paul Van Dyke, mm -hmm. Armin Van Buren, um, Paul Oakenfall, all those old schools. That's how I got into house music and and yeah. DJing and all together. Probably you went a little bit further than me. I mean, I yeah, started like, like rank one, very coarse <laughs> old school type. Very coarse <laughs> Jesus. That's another one I haven't heard in a while. Um yeah. I started I started um around two oh oh six oh seven. No, I was more like 99, 98 around there. Wow. So okay. I had like Benny Banassi his satisfaction track when it came out. Jesus. Yeah, that Oh, so you were back in the days where it was, um, what was the uh, Bob Sinclair? 
Yes. Time. Jesus, bro. No, you went back in time on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. I mean, and have you ever, ever besides DJing in the in the clubs, have you ever thought about DJing in the festivals in the in and go with that festival lineup? I mean, we I did it once with Life in Color. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a different vibe. It's just different. So mm. a lot of people, when they see a DJ at a club, they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to hear what they played at EDC. You're not. It's going to be a different vibe when they're playing at a club, when they're playing at a festival. Yep. Festival music vibe. And then you have that club vibe. Yep. For me, I festivals are great. I love it. Um, I'm just more of a club person. It's mm. more of a, you know, smaller crowd, more, you know, more people that are actually there to hear the music and enjoy it mm. than a whole entire festival, like thousands of people. Um, but I mean, when I play at Life in Color, it was fun. When I played at Spring um, Weekend, that was fun as hell as well. Mm -hmm. um, seeing a bunch of people coming up to me. Oh, my God, I saw you. I heard you. That was really cool. But for me now, it's more the club scene. I like it better. I I, I I can definitely agree with you on that. But I mean, it's all different. It's all different scenarios and different, you know, styles. Mm -hmm. Because I think that I think that was what was wrong with me on uh, whenever I'm DJing on a club is that I was having the mentality of DJing on a, on a, a huge event or a festival. But in mm -hmm. the club is different. In the club, you have to DJ to please the crowd. Not because I don't know if you notice, but it, when you play on a festival, you pleasing yourself because regardless, people are there to listen to you. Yep. And <laughs> the club, you're basically pleasing everybody. You have to please everybody. And it was kind of weird that transition when when I started DJing on um, hard and um space. Club cinema wasn't club cinema is more like DJ on a festival, to be honest. Even yeah, though it's a bigger setting. Yeah, it's a bigger setting and and it's not it's not a club like. I mean what the name says club cinema, sure, but it's it's more of a a, a theater inside mm -hmm. there. So you I can actually put whatever show you want and whatever songs you want, and that's what you get. You know, on a club you got like different layers, different floors, and each floor you had to play a certain amount so you can keep the crowd. One of the things I always learn in the club scene, you know, um, you always got to play music that will keep people going to the bar a lot or ordering tables. Yeah. You know, you ever had um, trouble ordering tables or uh, promoting people to the tables? When I first started, yeah, now it's it's very simple. A lot of people want to get tables. It's um, it, it makes sense. I mean, the price is not that bad for the amount of people you get. You're, you're sitting down, you have a bottle, you have your water, you have your things. Um, now I think people are paying more for tables than they are just to pay for tickets to go into an event. Really? So, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot easier now to sell tables. Um, especially yeah. once you find once you find the first first two or three clients and you start introducing yourself and knowing them, they'll start referring you to other people. So mm. that was kind of that was very hard for me to be honest. Yeah, and I, I mean, again, like I don't know how you guys did it. I, you know, I kudos for you guys. I got envy on you guys that you managed to get a, such a huge uh, client mm -hmm. that are into it. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's the, the the people that surround me are not into it. So I, I didn't have that much. And I had to go outside of my normal norm to get into people into it. And even so, it was still difficult. Um, And yeah, I, I feel like right now it's much more easier to to sell tables because now of the whole pandemic shit that we're having, you know, everybody wants to do social distancing. Everybody wants to do their own tables. They don't want anybody to join. So I guess like that's much more easier to sell. Cause like, no, six feet apart. No, no, you got your own table. Yeah, that's it. Like all the yeah. drinks are going to be under you. 
Yeah, the drinks are there. You know, it's it's clubs are running at fifty percent capacity. Some clubs are saying fifty, and they're running at forty just to be safe. Mm. Um, so I mean, it, it gets to the point that people do want to buy tables, especially when events are sold out. Um, Treehouse we sold out the last two weeks. Because, really? Yeah, because it's not that many. You remember, it's forty percent, fifty percent of a club that holds what maybe eight hundred people. That's four hundred. And ha anything. and have you heard people? Have you heard clubs of other clubs? Don't you don't have to say your names. No. That's up to you. Have you heard that? Um, they're they're actually breaking those protocols. I mean, there's some out there. Um, mm. I can tell you that we're not breaking them because we don't want to have that issue. Right, But right, yeah, right. There, There's probably some smaller ones that are breaking it. Um, I don't think any of the big ones like us or Space or anything like that will do anything like that. So, but yeah, some of the smaller ones I have heard might break those type of rules. And I'm pretty sure it's because, you know, like, uh, usually my business works at 100%. If you're cutting me up by 50, my my business will die model, right? Exactly. Then how are you guys are handling with even with 50 or 40%? Remember, we used to have guest lists. So before we used to have free entry at the door. Now it's all um, ticketed. So Ooh. you have to buy a ticket to get into to the event. And I remember back in the days, uh, that's, that was basically how you get, you know, your commission, like get people on your mm -hmm. guest list, like say my name and playing and you mm -hmm. get in. Wow. So now the dynamics are much more changing. Now it's much more. Um, what's the word? Um, it's not private. It's 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 there's another word to it that that gravitates people is I, I think it's exclusive. Yeah. It makes it more exclusive, making people's you know brains like shit. I want to be part of that. I want to be go into it. I know and they're, they're still bringing good artists because we had traditional on Friday. Ooh. Um, we had Dombreski yesterday. He had to cancel because of an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's coming back um pretty soon. Okay. So um, who else do we have coming out? We have Cosmic Gate coming out, I think, the week of Thanksgiving on a Saturday. So I mean, it's good artists that you will pay for a ticket. You know, it's not like we're bringing, you know, Fulano from his closet room or something <laughs> to play and you're paying to come in. So, right. No, it's good showcases that we have in the small room, and then we have a, a main artist in the big room. So, also, I've never been to Treehouse to be honest. Um, I don't know the layout out of it. It's in South Beach, right? Yeah, it's in South Beach. We have a small room. Um, mm -hmm. what you do is like a local showcase. So we have local artists that are doing their showcases. Then the main room we have like a main DJ. Okay. Then we have our patio area. Same music that's playing in the main room. It's playing yeah. outside. So. Okay, so it's not that bad, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and they and they play all sorts of uh music. You guys promote all sorts of music, or only your you're specific to a certain genres, like um like the Vertex thing that they're only entitled to. They're only focused on um trance and deep and and tech and all that stuff. I mean, those are the ones that we're doing right now. We had Big and Slim scheduled uh um what was it like two weeks ago on a Thursday? That one had to be canceled, mm -hmm. um, but they are going to be rescheduled. So we do have sometimes we do have some base events going on. Right. Yeah, usually Sundays is more like a Cafe del Mar Brazil type um, feel. So those events on Sundays are more um, housey, trancey, you know, relaxing. Those mm. we do have our free guest list. Fridays and Saturdays range from either tech house to trench music. So we go back and forth on that one. Shout out to our boys, big and slim, man. Um, yeah. Those are the homies. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're 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 fire they're fiery people, but uh, they still you know they they we we love them. Man. They do they do their thing. Um, I'm surprised like that out of the out of the local scenes. You know, those are like the the only ones that I've seen so far that are actually at you know going going places. You know, I don't know any other locals other unless you do. They're actually I mean, I, making moves. 
I mean, they're the ones I've seen the most making the moves right now. Yeah. Out of everyone. But, so. Because I'll be honest, I, I, I mean, I'm out of the loop out of all that because I'm not into it anymore with the whole uh, club scene, festival scene or any of that shit. I'm, I got bigger goals. Like my biggest goal is, you know, finally able to release music on some of these labels that I do follow and work with with some of these artists. And obviously to to have my podcast show to take it to the next level. And I feel like the podcast is the one that's going to get me to all those because um, I've never been so happy, to be honest. Yeah. The podcast, uh, I feel like the podcast to myself is my own therapy in which it show it just puts out like what I always wanted to say, what I always wanted, what I feel. And I feel like back when I was in as a promoter, as a DJ, as a whatever, I feel like I, I was restrained and I I never liked that. I never yeah. I was never I had to keep my mouth shut on certain things out of respect of others. And there's certain things I want to say, but I couldn't say. I feel like I'll lose my title. I feel like I'll lose my connections and all my gigs where we're playing and why not. Have you ever felt like that? In currently right now, currently right now, no. Now it's more like um, it's more of a family. So everybody in Treehouse is really united and everything like that. We have our our Facebook group, we have our WhatsApp group. Um, we always joke around and everything like that. So as we're promoting the events, we're not doing anything sneaky like you know, promoting a Treehouse and then promoting another event on a Friday night. Um, and we're loyal. I mean, obviously that's that's the way everything goes. And obviously, I mean, obviously they're they're great people, so that's why mm -hmm. I always work with them. So that's good to hear, man. Um. How uh, you still work with Lucho, right? Yeah, um, I know. We, yeah, Lucho and me had a fallout a couple of years back. Yeah. Um, good thing about us is that nothing was spread on social media, which, oh. was, which was great. You know, yeah, we, we had our issues, but nothing was ever said on social media. You know, so now we're working together. We actually talk to each other at least twice a week. Oh so, man, so it's really good now. It's a really better relationship that we had since we since I started working back at Treehouse. So. That's good to hear, man. Because I have, I never had a fallout with Lucho. I was, uh, we were always in good terms. Mm -hmm. uh, I just feel like at the time that I went, that fallout happened with me and him, uh, I was just little by little, like you know, just leaving the scene because at that time, I just couldn't deal with it. Uh, I never had an issue with him. Mm -hmm. I definitely, I want to bring him to the show one of these days. You know, whenever he's available. So I'm happy to hear that you guys are, you know, are all good. And, you know, at least in the time I was there, there's been fallouts with everybody, at least from left and right. There was like, holy shit, what is going on? And I tried to avoid drama as much as possible. You know, even yep. even when somehow it's connected to me and I was like, what? I just I don't know what's going on. I wasn't even part of this. What the hell just happened? You know? Yeah, so I try. I try to say that I try avoiding any drama right now. Mm -hmm. um, I have good relationships with every single main company out there between Disco Lab, um, Seven Lines, um, Apex. Any company that's out there, I have good relationships with. I don't burn any bridges. Yeah, um, that's there good. There might be some issues that we have sometimes with, like you know, music. We go. I want exclusivity. I want this. I want that. You know, and it goes back and forth for about a week, but everything works out at the end. So. That's good to hear, man. Um, so do you work as a partnership with, with Lucho or you work under Lucho? Right now we work under Lucho. Um, like mm -hmm. I said, we're gonna start doing our own events. Mm -hmm. So try getting into like the, the small room for yeah. now, but um everything happens. So eventually, hopefully, we do get to that point that it's more of a partnership um than just as a promoter. So That's good it. to hear, man. That's good. Um 
do want to touch up uh, one thing. Oh my god, my screen! No, get away. <laughs> Uh, I got I got like three computers as well here, man. One thing I did say um, when we were together back in the days, uh, were you into festivals? Because I know your wife and and the rest of the friends were were into festivals, and they love to do the the dress up and being full time ravers and whatnot. Were you like kind of into it, or you were just like, um, you know, I'll I'll just go along with it? I mean, I, I enjoy the festivals. Um... I mean, I'm more into like the trans festivals now. It's so, like Dream State, mm-hmm. um, you know, Beyond Wonderland, those type of festivals. Um, but yeah, EDC, I love doing that that festival. Um, it's a different vibe. So like what we were talking about before, you know, DJs playing at a festival, playing at a club, it's a lot different. Yeah. I saw Paul Oakenfold at EDC Las Vegas, and it's a totally different show that you see him there than you see him at Treehouse. Really? You know? He's still playing his tracks in Treehouse, but they're more like the mellow tracks, you know, mm. and things like that. And then at freaking EDC, he's playing all these bangers and all that. So it's a different vibe, different feel. Um, but I love festivals because I can see all the artists I want to see right. Um, right there. What I do love the most is Miami Music Week because you have a, up more of an up close and personal with the actual DJs, kind of like a festival because they're playing that festival style music right. just in a smaller setting as well. Ah, man, I was ready to go to the Disciples shows, to the Nitty Gritty shows, you know, to support my homies in there, man. But after the whole pandemic hit, I was like, well, I'll save some money then, I guess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, what inspired more for you to be part of this um, music industry? Like, what got, what prompted you more? Like, do you want to... You want to be more of as a raver as a promoter as a dj like what is actually the one that's leading into you that like right now or yeah right now like right now it's more getting to a promoter and then going into starting to do my own shows um mm. uh, maybe further down the line start you know managing artists so like i've been learning a lot from john carlo and travis mm. from humans alike um travis and john carlo started off as a promoter yeah, and they started doing their own shows, and now they actually manage different artists. So Travis has his artist Finn and Tecnasia, and John Carlos manages Tecnasia in Spain. So I want to start getting into that also later on. So start doing my own shows, and then hopefully get an artist or two under me and start, you know, going from there. I was gonna get back into DJing. I was starting to start produce some music. Oh, am I going to? I don't know yet. I might. So it all depends. So I guess it's like one of those things that you know that one thing is leading to another and you started mm-hmm. to let the the ball roll in over and then you mm-hmm. start to little by little forget about oh shit DJing oh shit producing but this yeah. is actually getting me much more closer to stuff that I want to you know mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah that's I I have some similarities with you on that part and like I said before like I uh, I stopped the whole DJing thing and I started focusing on um, I'm just uh, podcasting because that's what I lo- love to do Mm-hmm. And that 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 actually fulfilled me more than anything, you know, more than even producing music, you know. And one of the things about producing music is, you know, when I lay, later on in my previous episodes, I don't know if you listen to it, but there's some episodes that I talk about, you know, whether whether what's your goals? Like, should you be a DJ or should you be a producer? Like, what is your angles? Like, if should you promote or should you DJ? And I give them, you know. The pros and cons to each, and then uh, it's not meant for everybody, but for whoever, whoever wants to do it, go, you know, you want to do DJ, you want to go have fun and party and 
shit and tables <laughs> and bottles and ass and titties all around. Hey, then go to the DJ route. You're going to get it. You know, be homies with the promoters. Be a promoter. You're going to get it. But if you're looking more for the festival lineup, if you're looking for it in a longer period, if you want to release music on labels, then stick with music production, you know? And yep. um, have you ever thought about that? I mean, seeing how certain people like Luncho, he's does his own shows. He produces music. He's he's producing a lot more music now. He has his own label. He DJs. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to do that into music production. Um, at least to do a couple of tracks. So at least I have something that's out there that's mine. Mm-hmm. If I DJ and stuff in the club. So it's not like, oh, I'm just playing this guy's music, you know, the whole entire yeah. night. Yeah. You know, I want to bring out, you know, at least two, three or four of my tracks. Right. Whether it's on a label, whether it's not on a label, but at least something that's different that people can actually listen to. So that is one thing that I have looked at. Just got to make some time into it. So into a busy schedule that I have. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. Um, do you know anything about music theory? Anything that, you know, that can back you up to make these productions much more smoother? Music theory in which way? Like, do you know, like, the the key? When you hear a song, do you know the key to that song? Like, do you know if it's an F minor, an A minor, a major, yeah. F major, stuff like that? Yeah. So, okay. So, you do know music theory then. So, you do know how to produce a little bit. And you know how to, you know, play the pianos and whatnot and just create a song from scratch. Yeah. Okay. I played with it before back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw I bought all the programs now. Started playing with it now. It's just what just program? Kind of what program you using right now? Uh, Fruity Loops. Ah, uh, you yeah. should stick with Ableton, man. That's the best. Yeah, that's, what, that's what everyone tells me, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> just uh-huh. saying, just saying. You know, like um, to me, I'm a, I'm an Ableton uh, tech person, so I teach mm-hmm. people how to do you know how to use Ableton. So if you ever want to come and hit me up to show you how to use Ableton, and I have. No problem to teach you, man. Pro bono. Pro bono. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, that's good, man. That's good. You're actually learning um, that you know how to do this. So now you know, like, I can do this from scratch. I just need the time because right now time is much more consuming. Not that you're doing, you know, besides promoting, you're also doing your Twitch thing and you're doing other things at the side. So you don't have that luxury as many others had, you know. When it comes to production and and DJing and promoting, you know, if you're ever going to have a choice, which one without knowing what all this, not knowing all the stuff that you that you do right now and what you're doing, which one do you would have leaned on the most? I would say DJing would be the most. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just it's just seeing the crowd, how they react, how I react to a DJ when I see yep. them. Um, it's just something that I love. So. It's, it's one thing. I mean, you look at the world right now, it's a lot of divided the division in the world, a lot yeah. of negativity in the world. Yep, I um, agree. So when you go to a club and you're just there in the mood with the DJ, listening to the music, you're just in a different world, just in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I like. You know, I like to spread positivity, spread, you know, just enjoyment out there in the world. So um, I will be honest. Uh, if I ever, if I should have pursued more of my DJ career. But, you know, if I was going to pursue even more, it was it was me have to produce more music than I than I had, you know, and I've been really I got like uh, at least more over 50 projects unfinished, you know, 
50 <laughs> projects. Some of them have like 200 and like they beat me by it. But I have 50 projects in which each of them has to be something unique. And they're all unique in their own way. But it doesn't have that signature wolves and sound, you know. And yep. that's one of the things I'm working towards. That, like eventually I get it whenever I feel like I'm getting it. Because another thing is that I had trouble producing music because I felt music as a job not as a, a hobby a pleasure mm-hmm. and that's one of the stuff that got me into depression and you will you will think like holy shit like how the hell you get depressed by making music isn't music making is it making music like the thing that's supposed to be you happy and it's like yeah if it's not and it doesn't feel like pressured and it doesn't feel like it's a job when it feels like it's a job then i have no other choice and, and it's because I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And you're putting yourself constant pressure over and over over you. And yep. it destroys you. You know, it's a whole rabbit hole that you'll go through. And then there's no end, end to it, you know. So I, when that when I realized that, you know, like, unfortunately, I had to stop making music. Even though once in a while, I'll throw a remix here and there. But usually... Usually, I'll if I'm doing a remix, I'll make a remix for my homies. Like you know, if Big and Slim makes a a, a contest, I'll I'll download their stems, make a remix just for the fun of it, and just release it. I don't even care whether I win or not. Same <laughs> thing with Nitty Greedy, and same thing with Modestep. Shout out to those, all of those guys. Modestep, um, they came over here in Ultra. We we have fun together. Um, you know, and they and they open and they get, they open my eyes, man. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy, to, you know, those are the only times I'll ever do a remix if only if my homies are actually, you know, releasing stuff and stamps that I can actually do. Other than that, I'm just sticking with this. This is what's making me happy right now. Yeah. Have you ever had a moment in your life, whether it's promoting DJing music that make you feel unhappy and you feel pressured and f- make you feel all the above stuff? I mean, it's I would have to say it was me like. Three years ago, when Music Week, uh, Music Week started, it mm-hmm. felt more like a job. That's really when I branched out from everyone. I think that's was it three. I think it was like three. Yeah, about three years ago, I we branched out by ourselves, um, and it felt like more like a job. Everything was put on top of my shoulders. Um, I started meeting up with Disco Lab with you know Seven Lions directly, not like going through Travis, and then from Travis going to you know through them. Mm-hmm. It was more like me getting all the contacts, me doing all the, con- you know, all the contracts with them, yeah. signing everything, making sure I read everything. You know, I had to post this at this time, do this at this time. It was a lot of pressure on me. It felt more like a job. And at that time, I was like, this might be my last music week. Okay. Um, and just be over with it because I wasn't having fun anymore. It was just like, it was too much work. And then obviously I just started, like, you know, I sat back, I started thinking about it. And, you know, now it's more like a relationship with everyone. You know, we'll all joke around with each other. So it's more like, you know, it's easy. It comes second nature right now. So it's it's actually more enjoyable now than it was before. You know, I think three years ago, I, I had that little thing that I might have just stopped doing it completely. But now it's just, you know, we just keep going at it. You know, since we have good relations with everyone, it's not like pressure of like, you know, okay. you know, I have to do this or I don't do this. And, you know, yeah, it's it's a lot easier now. So but yeah, I did have that that issue three years ago. So that's good to hear, man. I mean, everybody goes on a certain way. Um, everybody goes on a certain routes. What I do, I want to ask you, I remember back in the days, um, I'm pretty sure how, first and foremost, before I get to this question, hold on. How long have you been promoting again? I was promoting when I was 17 all the way till I was, we put all the years together. I will say about like 
14 years around there. 14 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been working with Lucho? Even even out the fallouts? It would be a total of seven years. I wow. Think. Okay. Six, seven years. Six mm -hmm. or seven years. Okay. So out of, out of those 14 years that you've been with, with yourself as a promoter and those seven that you've been with Lucho, how many times have you seen um, up-and-comers meaning DJs, young bucks that they're trying to get into the scene because they believe like, oh, if I'm a promoter, I could be a successful DJ. I can I can play in this first. How many times have you mm -hmm. seen that? It's very rare. R really? Um, it is. I mean, I, I think it's very rare. I mean, because it's it's not rare. It's the approach that they come at it. Um, A lot of these DJs, you know, oh, look, I promoted. Can I play at your show? I think that mindset that we had seven years ago that, oh, look, you're promoting the event. Here, mm -hmm. here's your name on a flyer. Mm -hmm. You're going to play on our event. Now it's more of, okay, send me some music. You know, I'm going to listen to it. If it's good, we'll have you on the show, um, on the flyer and things like that. Mm. I think it's getting more into that type of way now mm. than it was before. Um, have you noticed there's a lot of companies out there, Powerhouse um, with Andres. Yeah. They have their own artists as well. Yeah. So now it's, it's more Andres trying to get those DJs into the event, not them being promoters for him to get on a show. Really? So yeah, so I think it's more that that whole entire thing of promote the events, you know, will be on a show. It's a lot different. Um, I don't know, Lucho and Apex, they have their people like Cespedes. Um, I forgot the other ones. I think Kiko and there's a couple other ones that he has his group of people mm. that sometimes promote, but they're not actual promoters or more DJs. So I think that whole entire aspect that we had seven years ago of, you know, you have to be a promoter to be a DJ is, yeah. is kind of like they want to hear more about the music first and see what you're about before even putting you on a flyer. So. Well, that's actually good to hear because <laughs> shit, that, shit, that, that was our life. Yeah, our life was literally like, oh, you promoted, great. Here's your name on a flyer, and it's like there's a lot of people out there that you know. You look at them now, for example, like Big and Slim. Mm -hmm. They're doing their own thing now. They're yeah going to this city and that city and yeah. this city, and they, you know, they have their own type of way of doing their thing, but it works. Back in the day, they were promoting events to just get their name on a flyer. Mm -hmm. you know and now it's like it's different so um i think that whole entire thing of you know you have to promote to be a dj i think that's kind of like pushed to the side more i think now it's more you know finding the right person that's going to guide you into events you know like apex with their trans djs you have powerhouse with their base djs um you have you know travis and seven lines that have their tech djs and things like that you know, so it's it's now brand is brands out there trying to get their artists onto the flyers. So that's good because you know back in that's I didn't know where where to go. I didn't know what, what was happening because so mm -hmm. many things were happening, and that and I remember I was the only one that that have done like over three hundred hours of street promo. Nobody's ever done that. And obviously, I did it because I had no job, so mm -hmm. obviously, I had a lot. <laughs> I had a lot of free time to do it, but you know, that, that's, that was the goal because since I, since I didn't know anybody around, I don't know who to sell tickets. So what's yeah. the only option that I had street promo, just go on the flyers, go to the universities, go on the spots, just street promo. And I, at the end of the whole thing, you know, by that time before it was even over, I had over 300 hours and that's how they compensate me with, you know, the 10 life and color tickets, which is like, holy shit, free money for myself. Got it. And mm -hmm. uh, that's how I got managed to get to the Jill LaClaw show, which we had a blast. 
and life in color as well. And but then, you know, after after a lot of fallouts between all of us, you know, I stick around with Lucho and Apex, and even so, I stick stick around and still making those street promos and whatnot because I I now I had a job and my job is on the weekends. Yeah, Cleveland their days was just horrible for me. And I, I tell everybody, I highly recommend everybody. If you guys are seeing me right now in this show, I highly <laughs> recommend not to go to the Clevelander. I'm sorry, guys. I had Cleveland other people uh, in this show. I love those guys. Those are my homies. But the the the, the, the hotel place. Yeah, no, it, it ain't right for anybody. Nope. you will. They'll break your soul. They try, but they couldn't. I'm too strong. <laughs> but yeah, I had those days in which, you know, the Clevelander days and between promoting, it got to the point that I was promoting less and less and I was getting less, less of, of shows. And I realized that. And at that moment, I felt like, why am I here then? Like, like it sucks. Like I had to do shows. I mean, I get that's how the business works. I, I feel like that time. Now it's different. I'm super happy that things are changed. But yeah, that time, you know, things when I stopped promoting less and less because I didn't have the time, I didn't have the resource, the money, you know, I started to see all the changes. I started to see like um, all the treatments, how 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 I felt like I, I was treated like a second class citizen in all this, you know. Yep. And I'm happy that now things have changed to the point that, you know, now it's no longer a you have to be a promoter and DJ to perform now it's like let me hear your music let's see how good you are okay yeah. we, we can give you a shot yeah there, there's so many small labels right now so like you know for example apex is on spotify now powerhouse is on spotify right now there's probably a bunch of other mm. small labels out there so it's like get one of your tracks maybe it's not going to go to a big label that's out there but it might go to one of these small ones but it's on spotify now so when these clubs want to hear you hey look here my track on spotify so it's, it's kind of more into that that you know People are getting their tracks into small little labels just to get their name out into Spotify to get more exposure out there. Hmm. So interesting. Um, well, even though the label right now, having a label is like the most difficult thing ever. Like, mm -hmm. especially now, like it's very hard for you to actually make any income out of it. I'm kudos for all these people who are actually making it with the labels. I don't know how you guys are doing it, but I'm hope oh. you guys stay around <laughs> because it's <laughs> As as a person that's inside the the label industry and inside, um, they're all struggling. Yeah, I know. I know. I heard. I saw rumors that there's another cut coming through or something like that. I think, or I don't know what it was. A cut? What do you mean a cut? Like a cut? Like they're gonna start cutting the the royalties? I think it was. Oh, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later because yeah. I saw a Spotify article that's gonna affect mm -hmm. uh, all artists and labels all alike, but. And let me let me let me give you my point of view and all that. Uh, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> but for independent artists, it's actually really good. Here's the pros and cons into a label. The label can probably market your your music much more than you can. Unless you know how to market yourself, unless you know how to market stuff, unless you or you know somebody how to market. Your music is not going to go that far. Right now, I don't have anybody. So yep. it, I have nobody. I'm marketing myself. My music is, you know, far as I've seen my music ever reach right now by myself, um, it's 5,000 plays. And I'm not even marketing much on my, on my podcast. I'm just 
putting it out. Maybe if I market myself or know somebody that knows how to market that can help me, I'm more than happy to listen and maybe we can work something out. But in the meantime, just, you know, and I'm su- surprisingly, I'm, I have my podcast show initially in SoundCloud. And then I have my YouTube, my Spotify, my iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, even Twitch once in a while. I, every day I'm having new followers at SoundCloud. So I'm already at 45. That's a lot. Because yeah. I started uh, before the podcast and before and right after I stopped making music, I was at 4,000 followers and probably it was degrading even more. As soon as I start making these uh, podcasts, I kid you not, it doesn't go no less than a hundred plays, but God knows people are listening to it because I've been have, up to now I got 500 new followers and people are listening to it. So that all, already shows me like shit. If I could even market this even pull up better, maybe I could get more. And I'm throwing clips in my in my Instagram. You know, my Instagram is all dedicated for the podcast. I, and maybe once in a while, when I ever decide to release another music or L, LP or EP, I'll put a song or clip or something. I, I'm, I'm in that phase that I could give a fuck. There you go. But then again, I, I definitely need somebody to, to like, all right, I love my, I love all my followers, but I need more. Mm-hmm. Need more. I need. I need to make like at least et- a little extra money on the side. You know, in the label world, we'll talk about that a little later on because I I, I want to finish this um this aspect of the promoters and whatnot. But in the label world, uh, right now people are are suffering. Like all the labels, all the homies from Disciple for Never Say Die. You know those base labels, they still got their people. They're re- still releasing music, but they're not getting as much income and it's one of the episodes i've mentioned before previous to this like a couple more you don't earn money from your music you earn money from your touring and merch so yep. that's your most basic income right now and all these guys all my homies right now they're suffering because not not everybody's touring right now 